Hey, before we get to the bullshit, quick reminder, follow us on Instagram at listen to this why you shit. Follow us on Twitter at listen and shit. And if you have the time, go over to our Apple podcast page and give us a rating review, whether you love the podcast or you hate the podcast. Tell us why you hate or love it. Thanks for listening. Let's get to the bullshit. Welcome back to another episode of the Listen to This Why You Shit podcast, the home of Potty Mouse, the only podcast that encourages you to listen to Why You Shit, the fastest growing podcast in the history of podcasts. Do not Google that. That is a fact, though. Who are you going to believe, nigga? Me or Google? Them motherfuckers are minding your data right now. Be afraid of them. I'm your host, Dom Shep. I'm back in. Knock you with a fucking head with some new content. That song I just played at the top of the pile was Stone Cold by Deb Never and Kenny Beats. Go listen to that. I'm back again. You know I like to be transparent on this podcast. It's kind of like my calling card. Just to be transparent, what do you call, first of all, what do you call a parent who was never inside the kid's life? A transparent. Thank you. I'm great at that. I'm great, I'm great at that. Thank you very much. Uh, but no, seriously, this is like um third time I'm recording this pod. I've just been fucking up a lot recently. I don't know what's going on with my mind and my mouth. My brain and my mouth don't be on the same page. I just be fucking up. So, yeah, I hate it here. But if you go to our podcast page at Listen to This Why You Shit um, on Instagram, you will see some beautiful clips that I edited. Thank you. And also, this the clips from this week's podcast, we posted on there. So if you want to just go support the podcast page, go over there at Listen to This Why You Shit on Instagram and give us a follow. Uh, leave a comment because comments and likes help uh, the algorithm show up on more people's feeds. So do that for me. Also, this week's clips, you will see that I have new pieces to my set. I have this beautiful piece on the video i'm pointing to it but you have this beautiful piece that has uh it's a podcast plaque it says y'all don't get y'all buddy which is one of the favorite it's one of my favorite episodes of this podcast go listen to it might be episode 29 i think let me say that i am very proud of how the podcast has been sounding lately i think that it's more structured i think each week you have a better idea of like what's of like what you're going to hear 
And I like that. I think it's less surprises. You guys like, all right, I'm not going to hear this. I'm not going to hear that. I'm not going to hear this. Like, it's better for, like, a listening experience. But it's hard. It's it's hard for me. And I'm not looking for sympathy or anything like that. Because, granted, like, I signed up to be, I signed up for this. Like, nobody told me, hey, Dom, you should be a podcaster. That was my idea. Like, I wanted to be a podcaster. Like, my homies tell me, all, Cam and Rod tell me all the time. They're, they're two of my closest friends. But they did not want to be podcasters. So every week when it was time to do a podcast, I had to force them to. And at a certain point, it was like, bro, this is not our dream. It's your dream. And I was like, all right, you right. So I had to, you know, suck it up and be like, all right, this is what I want to do. So I got to do it. I'm only saying this because I do spend a lot of time making this podcast the best podcast I could possibly do. The reason I say, like, I, I started over this podcast three times is because sometimes I really be fucking up words and I be fucking up sentences and, like, sentence structure be bad. And I know I have the ability to edit, but I'm like, I don't even want, like, I don't think it's going to sound good if I was to go back and edit that. I'm like, I'd rather just do it all over again because I know the listening experience will be better for you. Like, my goal each week is to produce the best content to have you coming back. I want to have uh, repeat listeners. I don't want to get a nigga to listen to the podcast one week and never come back. I want you to continue to come back for my personality, for my transparency, for the jokes, for the content I produce, for the crystal clear quality of this microphone I'm speaking into. I want you to come back for all those things. So, you know, just know I take I take pride in this content and I hope it shows each week when you listen to it and, or you watch the clips on listen to this why you shit Instagram or listen to shit at Twitter. Go follow us. Um, I'm plugging that more often because I'm, put, I'm putting more time into the social. So I want you to go follow those. With that being said, usually I start the podcast with like a hip hop take that I've like thoroughly thought through. And I'm like, ah, let me give you this take. It usually takes me about five days to write that take. And I haven't had time to write a good take. Not that I have time, but the take... The takes that I'm working on take a little bit more time, a little bit more structure, so I'm going to wait. And this week, I'm going to freestyle something for a little bit. I haven't freestyled on this podcast in a while, but this is something I've been thinking about a little bit. So let's, um, that's what I've been thinking about, but this is news in the podcasting community. So usually I give you a, a hip-hop story. Let's give you a, a, a podcast story. So recently, there has been beef between Joe Budden and Gilly the Kid. Now, Joe Budden has, of course, the Joe Budden podcast, which I am a fan of. And Gilly the Kid has the Million Dollars Worth of Game podcast, Wallet267, which I am a fan of. I'm a fan of both of these podcasts. Um, but there have been a beef between the two. There's been a little bit of tension between the two. Now, where is the tension coming from? Let me tell you. So a few months ago, I believe the tension started when... Uh, Gilly and Wallow first left the sound with Barstool. When they first left the sound with Barstool, there was a big beef between Gilly the Kid and Def Nasty. Def Nasty was the former producer of the Million Dollars Worth of Game podcast. He allowed them to use the studio. And from, and from what I know about the story, he barely got paid for it. But when the time came to get the money, Gilly offered him a shitty deal. He didn't like the deal. So Gilly, Gilly went on this whole rant on his Instagram, which he does a lot. He uses Instagram very frequently for rants and shit like that. And he went out there, just called him a broke nigga, said that he never was nothing before then. I made you what you was, nigga, and I can do it again. All this cool fly shit. You know, Gilly just popping his shit, pumping his chest out a little bit. But here's the thing about that. Dev Nasty has been inside the podcast the community for the better part of almost a decade now. He has a podcast called The Party Nerds, which Instagram's page has over 100,000 followers, which is a good following to amass for somebody who wasn't in the public eye beforehand. So that's so for him to say that he's a nobody or is he nothing was kind of a wild statement. And I'm going to be real with you. 
uh, the way that Gilly handled that situation with Dev Nasty kind of told me, turned me off to Gilly a little bit. Like, the reason I like the Million Dollars Worth of Game podcast because I felt like I connected to the conversation they was having. Like, Gilly and Wilo are both Philly niggas. And, like, I got the vernacular. I got the energy. And I'm a Philly nigga. So I got that vernacular. And I got the energy. But I felt like... The way he handled that was just some stone cold nut shit. Like he just went out corny with that joint. Niggas, niggas was like the way he handled it. Like I ain't like it. Like he handled it like a like a goofball. Like if you supposed to be this so tough and real nigga, you so thorough. Why are you talking it down to somebody like that who ain't really from that cloth? Like you talking to him on some street shit, but he not really on that street shit. Like I feel like I feel like he was being tough with a guy who's not really tough. If that makes sense. So that really turned me off, but it really turned Joe off. So Joe talked about it on this podcast, and they did, and when Joe talked about it, he was pretty he was pretty respectful about the conversation. Joe just admitted that he didn't have all the facts about what happened in the story, and kind of just like, well, if it's true, it's true. That's fucked up. If it's not, I'm I side with Gilly. Like like Joe always says, he side with creators. And that's been Joe's statement for the longest time. Is Joe is going to side with the creators? Joe is going to be on the team of the nigga who is creating the art. So that happened. Uh, like I said, Gilly felt the way about it. But what happened was Gilly got on the phone with Ma from the Joe Bunny podcast. They talked it out. It was cool. The beef done. Then maybe three weeks ago, I want to say three weeks ago, maybe might have been before then. Uh, there was a clip that surfaced from 2016 of Gilly the Kid saying all lives matter. So the context of the video was Gilly was talking about how when he was a street nigga, he, back when he was in the streets, he got shot by a black person. A nigga shot him, and his black life didn't matter when uh, a black man shot him. Basically, he was saying that black lives won't matter until black people care about black lives, which is a point that I agree with. Like I agree with that point, but the caveat is, that cannot be your response. And like you can say that black lives won't matter to you can say that black lives won't matter until black people care about black lives, but that can't be resp- that can't be your response when we are talking about black lives matter. Cause now we're talking about a bigger picture here. We talk about how are we we're talking about how we are could treat we are talking about how we are treated outside of our communities. We are talking about how we are treated by the people who are supposed to be policing our communities. So when you respond to Black Lives Matter or All Lives Matter, that is what the racist white people say. So it's not like you're it sounds like you're on their team. So when Joe heard this, Joe heard the clip, Joe Khan went off on it. Roy said, hold on, there's a follow-up clip. And a follow-up clip was was with the follow-up clip was Wallow clearing it up. Said that video was four years old. Y'all trying to throw smut on my name. All this cool fly shit. And Joe still was like, nah, that nigga's a doofus. He's a deuce. I ain't talking about it. Which is like, I'm not mad at Joe for that take. Like, Joe is, he, he has the right to say you're a doofus on his platform. He has the right to do so. You have the right to not like it for sure. Which Gilly did. Gilly did not like it. So what Gilly did on his podcast, he came back and he bought receipts as he would say, in a sense, when he bought receipts of an instance of Joe Budden getting smacked up on a couch by Raekwon and saying his eye hurt, which is some real cornball shit, in my opinion. Like, both these niggas are 40 years old. We don't need to be talking about niggas getting physical. Like, y'all niggas not about to fight. Ain't nothing ain't not physical about to happen. Why are you talking about physical shit? You a 40-year-old man. Grow the fuck up a little bit. That's how I see it, right? Then he go on to say, well, Joe don't even own his own podcast. I think that's some bullshit. Let me tell you why I think that's some bullshit. If you are 
a just a cursory fan of Joe Budden. If you've seen a Joe Budden clip of him yelling at any of the young artists or talking about anything hip hop, Joe is a huge proponent of owning your content. Joe is the guy that pounds the table for you should you should own the IP. If you put out an album, you should own the rights to that music. No label should own it. No company should own it. So what you're going to tell me is Joe, the same nigga that's been pounding that table for as long as I've listened to him, is going to sign to Spotify, a huge company, and not own the IP? That doesn't sound like who Joe is. So I think when Gilly said that, Gilly was saying that because when he was selling, when he was shopping his podcast around, Spotify must have offered him a deal. And the deal that Spotify must offer him was to be like, oh, we're going to give you this money, but we're going to own the IP. And because of that, Gilly says, well, Joe must not own his IP. I don't think that's facts. I, I think that Joe got a completely different deal from Spotify. I think, that Joe, I think the deal that Joe got from Spotify is nowhere near the deal that Gilly got from Spotify. Number one, I think Joe, not even I think, I know for a fact the Joe Budden podcast is a bigger thing in the hip-hop community, in the podcast community, than Million Dollars Worth of Game. Granted, Million Dollars of Game, the Million Dollars Worth of Game podcast has been around for, what, almost a year now? And they made a lot of noise, for sure, 100%. But Joe Budden been around for five years now. Like, there's no way, there's no way possible that you guys got the same deal. And that brings me to the third point that Gilly made. Gilly says that Joe Budden is mad because million dollars, million dollars worth of game has been around for five months. Gilly says that Joe is mad that Million Dollars Worth of Game has been around for eight months and has taken over the podcast game more than what Joe Budden has. It's not a fact. That's just not a fact. Granted, they have been around for eight months and made a lot of noise, for sure. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But when you look at the numbers, it's just not true. If you go on YouTube, which is the only pot, was the only platform which is the numbers are readily available because YouTube show you how many views a YouTube uh, a video got. A full-length episode of the Million Dollars Worth of the Game podcast, the most views that a video has is about 407,000. 400, 407,000. You have 407,000. 400,000 views. That's it. The most views the Joe Budden podcast video has is 2.6 million. Like, there's, there's no, there, y'all in two different weight classes. Y'all in two different buckets. Granted, I'm not shitting on Million Dollars Worth of Game. I'm not. I'm just saying, like, you can't talk numbers. You can't talk bucket talk. You can't talk bag talk with a nigga who bag is bigger than yours. Like, what you're not going to do is, you're not going to diss Drake and talk about your number one records. That's not what you're going to do. You're not going to fight Tyson and then go try to outpunch him. You're not going to try to outpower punch him. That's not what you're going to do. Like, you're not going to play Steph Curry in a one-on-one and try to shoot more threes to him. That's not what you're going to do. So, like, like I get it. Like, Gilly, you could probably out-street Joe, for sure. Joe claims not to be a street nigga. But street niggas don't listen to podcasts. The streets don't listen to podcasts. They don't. Like, trust me, they don't. Half of my Instagram followers are street niggas. When I, when I first started this podcast, I did multiple polls. I'm like, yo, how many of y'all listen to podcasts? Before I even said I was going to start my job, I just threw it out there to see how many of my followers could I possibly get to listen. Dog, like 2% of niggas were like, oh, like I know what it is. A lot of niggas wouldn't even vote because they didn't know what the fuck a podcast was. Like, they, they, they didn't know. So granted, maybe Gilly, Gilly has introduced a lot of niggas to the podcasting world, but street niggas ain't listen to podcasts, so Joe can be for the suburbs. 
He can be for the suburbs. The suburbs buy records. The, the, all the biggest artists right now in hip-hop are big because the suburbs are buying their shit. The street niggas ain't buying music. Street niggas ain't showing up to concerts. Street niggas ain't buying merch. It's the suburbs. So, Gilly, you can keep trying to reach the streets, but what has the streets got you? Remember what you said before? When I was in the streets, a black man shot you. A street nigga shot you. What the streets ever done for you? Think about that. Honestly, I just think all that shit is corny. I think that two 40-year-old men beefing on a pop, beefing on their own respective podcast is just top-tier corny shit. Like, it's just top-tier douchebag, doofus, dummy, goofball shit. And, like, I don't think none of it's to be, I don't think none of it, I don't think none of it is to be respected, but I do think it's something more respectable about how Joe has handled it. Because Joe hasn't talked about it in three weeks. Joe said his piece and he hasn't talked about it. Gilly went on a rant each week to talk about it. So it's kind of weird. Now that I got it, now that I got that out of the way, I just want to talk about it a little bit. I'm going to propose a question to you. For the first time in the history of hip hop, we may get the three top rappers in the game to release an album around the same time, okay? Cole, Drake, and Kendrick could possibly all be releasing albums around the same time. Why do I think this? I have no inside information. I'm just speculating. Number one, Kendrick, I think Kendrick has already even been working on an album. It's been three years since Dan came out. He's due for another one. He's due for another album. On top of the fact that the Black Lives Matter movement has kicked in into high gear again, I think that there's more content for, for Kendrick Lamar to rap about. And I think it would be foolish if he don't. If you was on Twitter during the whole when, 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 when Black Lives Matter had reached its fever point again, you would see that a lot of niggas was asking for a new Kendrick album. You would have saw that. I saw it, and all my homies saw it. Cam even told me he went back and listened to fucking Pimp a Butterfly. That album has no replay value, but he went back and replayed it. So niggas are fiending for that music, especially when we are in a time like now. Why do I think Cole is about to drop? Cole has been dropping singles. I think it's only a matter of time before Cole gives us an album. He just gave us a two-pack. Whenever niggas give you the two-pack, the album's coming. The two-pack is just the, the lead-up to the album. Like, yo, here's some shit what I'm working on. Here's what the album might sound like. So Cole's coming. And if you think Drake not coming this year, you fucked up. Like, Drake is definitely coming this year. Drake has given us a whole bunch of singles. Too many leaks have dropped for, for Drake not to give us an album. It's been too many, it's too many songs I liked that have come out unofficially for Drake not to give us an album. I think Drake is 100% coming this year. It's been two years since Drake came. So what I'm saying is it could be a possibility that we can get Drake, Cole, and Kendrick within the span of October, November, December. I think they all come in within those three months. If they all were to come in those three months, let's say hypothetically they all drop within the same week, what album are you listening to first? Me, personally, I'm going to the Drake album first. I think that Drake is just going to have the best music to vibe to. I think that I'm going to Drake album first because it's going to have the most vibes on it. Drake will have the most shit that I can... I, like, Drake's going... Drake is 100% going to give me four different accents on that album. Like, in a, like he's going to have the most variety. So I'm going to Drake first. Second, I may go to Cole. Now, a lot of people don't like Cole, and I understand niggas think Cole is corny. Niggas think, niggas think Cole is sleepy. I don't subscribe to that thinking. I like Cole albums a lot. I grew up on J. Cole. J. Cole's one of my favorite rappers, so I'm not going to say that I think Cole is some sleepy, uh, fake, woke nigga. Like, I like Cole. 
but I would think I would listen to Kendrick Lamar's albums last because I think that album will make me the most sad, and I don't want to be mad at white people for two weeks. I just don't. Like, whenever I watch something, whenever I watch something and hear something that's very pro-black, I just be mad at crackers for two weeks. Which is a hard thing to do. Like, it's like it's hard walking around being mad at white people all the time. Because some white people be, like, super nice to you. And I'm not, this is not me cooning. I'm just being, I'm just making this clear. Some 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 white people are fucking douchebags. Like, they, they dickheads. And, they, and like, they deserve all the anger shit. But some white people just be good people. Like, just be people, period, who be good people. And it'd be hard to just be mean to them. Like, you know what I'm saying? Lady, lady, I fucking, I fucking dropped my septic card or some shit. You pick it up. Hey, young man, you dropped this. Give me that shit, bitch just mad at her for no reason like she she ain't did nothing to me i'm just mad at that bitch for no reason so i just don't want to be mad at white people for a little bit like i don't i don't want that i don't want that on my conscience as i live through my daily life so who do you think is dropping first if they all were to hypothetically drop in a one-week span cole uh drake and kendrick who do you think dropping first no excuse me who are you going to listen to first i'm going drake on to my favorite topic on this podcast, things I learned on Twitter this week. The number one thing I learned on Twitter this week is that we should be segregated. Wow, Dom, hot take. Even hotter take. I think that Jim Crow was a great idea. It was executed poorly. Instead of separating people by their skin color or their class, I think we should separate people based off what Twitter they decide to mix in. Like, if you're a part of work Twitter, you should not be able to stumble on in the joke Twitter. Like, you should not be able to do that. Because I've been seeing a lot of people from woke Twitter coming over to joke Twitter and, like, telling us that what we are doing is wrong. Stop it. I think people who are from woke Twitter use their Twitter accounts to tweet facts and tweet exactly how they feel about the world. And because they do that, they think that everybody used their Twitter account for that, which is not true. Some people get on Twitter and just make funnies. For example, when Meg Thee Stallion was, was shot in her foot, when Meg Thee Stallion got shot in her fucking foot, Joke Twitter did what they did best. They made jokes. That's what they're good at. They made jokes. But somehow, some way, a few of those jokes got over to Woke Twitter. And when those jokes got over to Woke Twitter, they were used to prop up agendas. Which everybody has agenda. I'm not using that in a negative context. Everybody has an agenda. But these tweets were used to further the agenda that black men hate black women. Which I've said on this podcast once and I say it again. Black men do not good black men do not do a good job at protecting black women. It has been proven to us. And if you are a black man and you don't believe that, you are not listening to black women. They had gave us ample examples of how we don't protect them enough. So if, you're not, if you don't believe that, you're not listening. Open your fucking ears up. So I get it. We don't do a great job at protecting you. And some black men do hate black women. And those niggas suck. And I'm sorry about those niggas. If I see them in the streets, I, I punch them in their fucking face. But I can't do that right now. And what I'm not going to allow it to happen is to have harmless tweets be used to prop up agendas. I think people on Think Peace Twitter take themselves way too seriously. I think that they see everything on the surface for what it is and forget about context and nuance. Think about this for a second. Joke Twitter is the same place that joke themselves through 
a worldwide pandemic and a few months ago when World War Three almost started, niggas just joked through that. And you think these niggas are the niggas that take shit seriously? Come on. Of course we're mad to stop and get shot in the foot, we're gonna make fun of it. These niggas don't take anything seriously. So you can't come over to this side of Twitter and expect us to be responsible adults. We're not. Honestly, I just don't want woke I just I just don't want woke Twitter to come over to joke Twitter and make it less fun. To be real, I'm tired of people trying to make Twitter less fun than what it already is. And that brings me to the second thing I learned on Twitter this week. I'm not paying for Twitter. I'm not paying for it. Dom, why are you saying that? Well, let me tell you why I said this. I read an article this week from CNN saying that CEO Jack Dorsey announced that later this year, Twitter will be announcing that they will be testing a fucking subscription-based version of Twitter. I love Twitter with all my heart. In fact, I think Twitter is the best social media app out there. But it's not because anything Twitter has done. It is because the people of Twitter that make it fun. Twitter wants to release a Twitter wants to release Twitter wants to release a subscription-based version of Twitter because of the lost ad revenue over the past few months. I get it. Twitter, make your money. You gotta figure out a way to make money to keep the app going. Because if you don't make money, you're gonna lose the app. We lost Vine because app couldn't we lost Vine because Vine couldn't figure out a way to make money. I get it. But instead of trying to make users pay. How about we pay the creators on the app and take a percentage of that money? Let me explain to you. YouTube is a free app. Now, because they have ads on all their videos, YouTube is allowed to be free. YouTube takes 45% of all the ad revenue. Twitter could do something similar. Let's look at a tweeter like Drewski. Okay, Drewski releases a few videos on the TL every month. Just, just yesterday, he, he just just. Drewski releases a few videos on the TL every month. Now, just a few days ago, Drewski dropped two videos on the TL in one day. Almost every single one of Drewski videos gets over a half a million views. Let's say Twitter ran an ad on every Drewski video and gave Drewski 55% of the money, and then they took 45. Everybody would be happy. Twitter is still free, and larger creators get to monetize their content. You're looking at me like, but what about the small creators who, who, who happen to get a big tweet every now and then? Well, Twitter, Twitter will have to implement some type of thing that once this Twitter, once Twitter will have to implement something that says once this video gets over 100,000 views, it is able to be monetized. Because once, once a video gets over 100,000 views, it doesn't stop. It, the views doesn't stop. The views keep rolling in. It's on everybody's timelines. People keep going looking at it. Just play the ads on it and Twitter can make money. Twitter cannot afford to make people pay for Twitter. I'm telling you, many people on my timeline will just stop using Twitter. And there's just going to be another app that's going to pop up, and we all just going to use that app. That's all I'm saying. Another thing I learned on Twitter is that people are genuinely money-shaming people, okay? Stop shaming people who got $600 a week during a pandemic. Why should you shame them? I get it. Some of us are making more money just sitting at home than you are getting at your job. That's not our fault. Your job should pay you hazard pay. Your job should pay you time and a half. But because they're not, that's not my fault. I didn't choose for my job to not be open. 
during a pandemic. This is true shit. I worked at a small restaurant business. It was a family business. It was like three or four of us in a restaurant. Three or four of us. My job had to shut down. We went out of business because of coronavirus. I needed that $600 because without it, during my job search, I will be fucking lost with no money. So thank you to the government for giving me that money. And I'm not the only American who has this story. Many of us lost our jobs because of coronavirus. So you who had to work through it because you're an essential, you are making us feel bad for getting money that we didn't ask for. We didn't ask for coronavirus to happen. We didn't ask for our jobs not to be essential. We didn't ask for your job not to pay you hazard pay. It just so happened to shake out like that. Do I think that we should make money? Do I think that we should make more money at home than you're getting at work? No, I don't think we shouldn't. I think 100% essential workers should be making more money than us. I think that's a, I think that's a no-brainer. I think that's a non-negotiable thing, 100%. But is it how it's shaked up? No. Should you be blaming other just regular citizens for that? No. All I did was, all I did was get laid off. Who you should be blaming is your employer. Because nine, nine times out of ten, you probably work for a big corporation like Walmart or something like that. Walmart is choosing you. Because nine, nine times out of ten, you probably work for a big corporation like Walmart. Walmart is choosing not to pay you hazard pay. I'm not. That was not my decision. If it was up to me, you would get hazard pay. But it's not up to me. Trust me. I know many people, many, many people who work at essential jobs and they are getting hazard pay. That's not my fault that you're not. So what you need to stop doing is shaming people who got the $600 a week because we didn't do nothing to you. You should be shaming the government. You should be shaming big corporations. The problem is the government want us, the small, the problem is the government want just the little man, the everyday working man to fight with each other so that we never come to them, come to their doorstep with the actual problems. As long as we're in fighting, we're never going to go to them with our actual problems. So instead of fucking fighting with fucking Christine on Twitter, how about you write your local congressman and tell this nigga you deserve hazard pay? Because you do. Christine can't do nothing about that. She lost her job during this shit. And she's getting six dollars a week because she has no work. Granted, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm making more money at home than I would have made at work. Facts. Not my fault. I didn't, I, I didn't choose how much money I was going to get a, month, a week. I didn't choose that. That wasn't my decision. Am I happy with the decision? Yes. Am I, have I vested the money well? Yes. Most of this shit you see here is money I got with $600 a week. This laptop, I bought it with the $600 a week. That poster, I got it with the $600 a week. This right here, $600 a week. This right here, $600 a week. This table, $600 a week. This, the, the fucking tripod that my phone is on to record this, I got it with my $600 a week. Some of us are investing in things that we actually need. I still have... I, I still have a nice chunk of money saved up that I'm going to use to buy a car and move out of my father's basement. Some of us are investing the money properly. I think a lot of you are mad because you're seeing people on your timeline, on, on your Instagram timelines, buying fucking Balenciaga sneakers and shit like <laughs> Balenciaga. Or fucking buying Balenciaga sneakers. So you see them niggas with Balenciaga and you at work for nine hours a day slaving away for nine hours an hour. So you feel bad. That's not his fault. It's, that's not your fault. That's not his fault. He just wasted his money. He's going to be poor soon. Don't worry about that. But don't shame us for it.
because he's going to be out of work still. All I'm saying is don't don't money shame people. Don't money shame people for things we can't control. We didn't decide that coronavirus was going to happen. It wasn't our idea, so don't shame us. Do I want to talk about this big shit? Do I want to talk about it? I'll talk about it. So this week on Twitter, Meek announced that him and his his baby mother, Milano, uh, famous clothing designer from Philly, announced that they are not going to be together. They're just going to co-parent. Which I don't know why that's the announcement he has to make, but he decided to make it, which I thought was extremely weird. Like he didn't have to tell us that. The only reason I think the internet picked up on it, because just literally three days ago, four days ago, Nicki Minaj announced that she was pregnant. Four days later, Meek announced that him and the mother of his child are not going to be together. Now, I'm not gonna talk about the gossip about it, because that's not really what I'm it's not what this podcast is about. I don't really give a fuck that much. But what I will say is. Meek is ducking his smoke from Quilly. Meek ducking his smoke. Quilly put on like three diss tracks. Meek ain't say shit about it. Meek got time to hop on Twitter and tell us that him and his baby mom are going to co-parent. Who the fuck needed to know that? Not a single nigga needed to know that. But Meek decided to tell us that. Meek is ducking his smoke. I think that Meek, like I said a few episodes ago, Meek is a tough guy with who he wants to be a tough guy with. Quilly is testing his gangster, and he ain't say shit about it. Quilly went to the studio immediately after reading that tweet and got some Milano bars off. I know he did, because I would do the same thing. If I'm beefing with a nigga and you, and you give me some ammo like that, I'm going to the studio and recording it, especially, especially if I'm a street nigga and I'm not, a, and like, I'm not afraid to take it there, because clearly Quilly's not afraid to take it there. He's took it there. I think Meek is ducking his smoke, and I think that's real. I think it's real nutty of him. I think it's real. I think it's real soft. I think it's real corny. I think Meek needs to address that shit. Meek is talking about everything but Quilly. And I'm going to keep talking about this shit on this podcast because I want to see it. Meek had all the smoke for Drake. Drake ain't no tough nigga. He had all the smoke for Drake. He had all the smoke for Quentin Miller. All the smoke for academics. But as soon as a tough nigga like Quilly won't come stat to you, oh, you quiet, you silent. Come on, nigga. Show us, show us you tough. Show us. It's the chases, right? Come on, you the chases, right? Do something about it. Come on. I'm a Philly nigga, bro. I don't want to see it, bro. Listen, I'm on Philly scoop hall every day looking for the news. Like, oh, what's going to happen? Meek ain't said shit. So, Meek ducking his smoke. All right. It's time for my favorite segment on this podcast. I said that, a lot. I said that about my last segment, but this is really my favorite segment. Damo tell a whole story. Now listen to me. Listen to me, young buck. I fuck a lot of bitches in my life. Whole bunch. A lot of good-looking women, a lot of ugly women. A lot of nasty bitches, a lot of good bitches. That's a lot, nonetheless. So today's story, I only talk about this shit because I, I was going through my notes the other day, and I saw something. I was like, damn, I was disgusting. So on April 27, 2016, I had sex with two bitches in one day. This is a true fact. How do I know this is a true fact? Because I put it in my notes. <laughs> I put it in my notes that it happened. So I'm not going to say their names, but we're going to say the first girl name was R and the second girl name is A. Around 1 p.m. to 2 p.m., I went to our house. Now, remember this. 
because she lived in some apartments on an island and I walked over to her house. I'm from West Oak Lane. If you know the layout of Philly, you know it's not that far, but I walked over there. I got over there sweaty dick and all and fucked her. I walked over there. I, had, I might bless till I'm at the time. It took me like 20 minutes or something like that to walk over there. I walk over there. Mind you, this is the same woman that I lost my virginity to, like maybe two years, a year before. But I had got, I, I accumulated a few bodies in between in. So now I'm feeling good about myself. Like, yeah, I'm about to show what this experience dick do. I'm about to show what this, what this, what this, what this seasoned peen is like, right? So I, I walk, I'm walking over to the show with this, with this, with this seasoned penis is about. I get over there, her homegirl in there with her. Apparently her homegirl was like living with her at the time. I don't know the story, but she's, we had, we had, we, I think we had just graduated high school or we were on our way graduated high school. Either way, at this point, I was a high school dropout already. I stopped going to school and I was home every day. And all I did every day was fuck bitches, smoke weed and play the game. So that was like my whole lifestyle. I remember when I got in there, she was like, yo, what you doing at the high school? I was like, you know, I might, you know, I might, I might go into construction. I had no plans of ever going into construction, but I had to give her something like that make her, I had, I had to give her something that sounded good that, that I'm going to make money and not be a bum to make her, to make that pussy get wet, to make that pussy want to fuck me. No bitch want to fuck her, just a bum nigga. You know what I'm saying? So I had to tell her like, yeah, I'm going to go in construction. Construction niggas make pretty good money. I wasn't. And I'm pretty sure she knew I was lying because she started asking me like, what you be learning about hammers and shit? I'm like. This bitch is patronizing me. I don't know what the fuck hammers do. I ain't, I, I ain't picked up a hammer in my fucking life. Only hammer I ever had was this dead, right? <laughs> so I start thumping her. I give her the work. It says right here in my notes, I made her tap out. So from about 1 p.m. to 2 p.m., I gave her good dick and I made her tap out. I walk back home. I'm chilling. A called me. She said, yo, you want to come over? Now, A is a little bitch I was fucking for a little bit. I'm, I'm going to tell you another story about her later on in the podcast. Well, not this podcast, but another podcast. Um, a is another little bitch I was fucking. She was from, like, north, but she had a grandma that stayed in Mount Airy. And, like, whenever she stayed at her grandma's house, she would be like, yo, come over. And I would go over there and thump. Her little sister would stay back in the back room, and I would just thump her at her grandma's crib. I would thump her right in her grandma's fucking uh, living room. So... She was like, yo, my grandma going to work and I come over. I said, what time? She was, around, she was like around like 9, 30, 10. I said, bet. So I'm at home. I'm chilling. Waiting, wait, waiting. Just waiting for my second time to get some pussy today. And I knew it was going to be some monumental shit because know what I called it in my notes? I said I had a marathon. I, I called fucking two bitches in one day a marathon. Like, I was passing the fucking pin relay. Like, like my dick was the fucking relay stick, and I passed it from one bitch to another bitch. So, right now, 30, 10 o'clock, I go over to the to the bitch A house, well, her grandma's house. I walk there, too. I'm a walking-ass nigga. Think about this. I walked from my house in, in West Oak Lane to Olney. Came back home, chill for a little bit. Then I walk from my house in West Oak Lane to her grandma's house in Mount Erie. Walking ass nigga, all for some pussy. All for some pussy on some nasty shit. I get over there, right? Her little sister's still up, which is weird because I had been over a few times to thump, and every time I came over, her little sister had been asleep already. So I'm like, damn, why is she up still? She's like, no, I don't worry about her. I'm about to put her to sleep now. So now, like, she in here cooking her little sister's food. So now I'm in the house with the bitch playing house. I'm like, this is weird. 
I just came over to thump. But I could tell the little bitch really wanted to be my girlfriend, but I'm still in scumbag mode at the time. Like, I'm super scumbag mode. And she wasn't little, like, she wasn't ugly. She was a good-looking John. I'm just in scumbag mode at the time. I'm just like, nah. Like, she wasn't ugly. Like, well, she wasn't ugly. She wasn't fat. Just in to- total scumbag mode. I'm like, I'm not, I'm just thumping. So she put her little sister to sleep. I'm in her playing house with her. I'm in her fucking washing dishes and shit. Weird as fuck. Weird as fuck when I think back at it. Like, while I'm washing dishes in this bitch grandma house, I don't live here. I don't give a fuck. So she take her little sister to the back room to sleep, and I start giving her the dick on the couch. All couch work. But here's the thing when you fuck on the couch. You can only fuck on a couch so long before it becomes uncomfortable. So we stop fucking. So we move from the couch to the floor. And we move, and in in the process from the couch to the floor, I lost a sock. Now I fuck with my socks on for the most part, cause I got ugly toes. But I lost a sock somehow, some way. So I'm thumping her whole time, like all all backshot shit. I'm realizing I'm, I'm fucking I'm fucking getting Indian burns on my knees and shit. And like you mean, so I, I I I'm like oh no, it's over with. So from my ten and eleven, I thump her. And as soon as I'm like putting on my clothes to leave, I'm like I can't find my sock. So like, what you mean you can't find your sock? I was like, I can't find my sock. So like, you better find your sock for my grandma come home. I was like, if my grandma, if your grandma found a sock in this house and be like, yo, what's some nigga over here? Just say no. Say it's one of your socks. She was like, your feet too big. I was like, so is this day. That ain't really happened, but I, that was a corny joke. But I did lose my sock, though. So I remember walking home with, like, one sock on and one sock off and some sneakers. Might have been some New Balances or some shit. And think of being so proud of myself, just being so proud of myself that I was able to finesse two different women out of some vagina in the same day within like an eight hour span. Just being so proud of myself. Nowadays, if I like I couldn't I couldn't fuck two bitches in one day. I like to cuddle now. Like, come over, cuddle. Like, bitch, move in with me. Like, I don't I'm not I'm not for that nut shit. But that's the story of me being disgusting, nasty human being back when I was what, 18 years old. So Learn from my mistakes. Fuck two bitches in one day. Wear a condom both times because I don't think I wear a condom neither time. But, you know, I'm disgusting. <laughs> yeah, man, this this pretty pick, this, this this is a pretty quick podcast. You know, I got in and out today. I'm going to be real with y'all. I fucking started off. I fucked up a few times. I I, I, had, to, I had to call Keisha and I had to tell Keisha I, I sucked that podcast. And she was like, no, nah, you, you good. Just keep going. And... <laughs> Look at her. She right. She always right. Like she said, she always fucking right. She knew it. She knew I just had to keep going. But it's time for songs of the week. This week's song of the week, it is gonna be Voices by Kim Bay X. I just want like five Cuban links and a make my jacket pink and a eat that pussy pink and a Voices in my head push me to the edge. I didn't take my meds, smoking dope instead. Back was niggas spending whole life trying to wrong rights. I'm just trying to earn some great days, working long nights. Voices in my head push me to the edge. Trying to take my peace, so I eat a ass on red. Sometimes I feel like a fucking rose that ain't grow right. Make me wonder, do they got a heaven for a low life? Psychotic, fake idiotic, junior high teacher, said I'm retarded, think he was mad, cause I used to argue with authority figures, hated my logic, very few friends, was socially starving, didn't mean shit, was chilling without them, the ones that I had, I know that they proud, we all from somewhere that's close to the bottom, my parents was enemies, pops ain't around, but when he was, he fought every morning, granddaddy uncles was clutching the bottle, still at they mamas, don't get me started, my uncle Gary can't stay out of jail, selling that dope, he on the corner, Rusty got fucked up from smoking that wet, still used to read me the scriptures he wanted, all the time spent, by dumb, why don't bit my tongue? 
I cannot stand fake shit. Can't even sit by don't know how to chill on my own. Got an idea like whoa. If I control myself, then I'ma win. I know. Learn my lesson. I gotta learn how to listen and focus on how I'm blessed. Can't neglect them like CPS. I can't let them dilute my essence. Larissa and some VVS's niggas wanna see me stress, so I leave them with unread messages. Cause these voices in my head push me to the edge. I didn't take my meds. Smoking dope instead. Back was niggas spin their whole life trying to wrong right. I'm just trying to earn some great days working long nights. Voices in my head push me to the edge. Trying to take my peace, so I need a ass on red. Sometimes I feel like a fucking rose that ain't grow right. Make me wonder, do they got a heaven for a low life? They say ADD, I say all Okay. That was Voices by Kambi X. Um, I believe that's off an album called uh, I Was Depressed. Very good album. Um, if you don't know, I'm a huge uh, proponent of mental health. I am bipolar schizophrenic, so I like all things. Besides TV shows, because TV shows will be trying to split the, 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 the fucking the plight of mentally ill people. And they don't be, like, captioning it right with, like from what I've been through. I feel like artists uh, capture it better because it's more raw. It's, like, it's more... Direct to consumer. I feel like with like TV shows, there's more different channels and avenues they got to go through. But that was off an album called I Was Depressed. Um, I like that album a lot. Uh, thank you, guys. Um, I appreciate you coming and listening to me every week. Um, it may be a struggle listening listen to me some weeks, but I'm glad you show up and listen every week. Uh, yes. Um, also, before I get out of here... Um, I'm going to try to start releasing two podcasts a week for maybe, I don't, I don't know how long it's going to last, maybe the next two or three weeks, I think, because I know I have an interview coming out with another podcaster this week, and I already have a podcast recorded with my man, JP, uh, Janelle Pierre, that should come out Friday. So I think, I'll, I think the new release dates for podcasts, this podcast is still coming out on Monday, but I think that I'm going to start doing another podcast on Friday, just double up on content for as long as I can. And once I can't do it anymore, I just won't do it. So I just want to give you that. I just want to give that heads up. So expect more content a week and I hope you enjoy it. But this has been another episode of the Listen to This Bullshit Podcast, the home of Potty Miles, the only podcast that encourages you to listen to while you shit, the fastest growing podcast in history of podcasts. Do not Google that. That is a fact, though. Who are you going to believe, nigga? Me or Google? The motherfuckers are minding your data right now. Be afraid of them, nigga. Motherfuckers. Be afraid of them, motherfuckers. So fucking, the motherfuckers are minding your data right now. I don't know why they're not afraid of them, niggas, man. But there are two things that every human has, opinions and assholes. I so happen to be an asshole with an opinion. Thanks for listening, guys. Well, thank you for listening to that whole podcast. You are appreciated. You are a gem, and I love you. And if you made it through that whole podcast, do me one more favor. Well, actually, three more favors. Go over to my Instagram page at Listen to This While You Shit. Give us a follow. Go over to our Twitter page. Listen and shit. Give us a follow. And if you had the time left over, if you only if you had the time, go over to our Apple podcast page and leave us a rating review. Tell us why you like the podcast or why you hate the podcast. Either way, I want to know. Give us a one star or five star. You let us know and tell me why so I can improve based off your review and I can get better. Only way I'm ever going to get better if you tell me why I suck. So thanks for listening.